podcasting for entertainment and enlightenment in the dental world, this is Gums and Gossip. She's the one behind the mask and face shield, and now the microphone, helping your gums and teeth sparkle while sharing stories and listening, all with lots of laughter. And now, here's your dental hygienist host, Hope Lloyd. Welcome, everybody. I have the pleasure of reintroducing my friend, my patient, Carol Gilmore. She is a professional counselor and mental health care service provider. She is licensed professional counselor, speaker, organizational industrial consultant, and trainer. She is highly skilled in the mental health counseling field, and she's so inspirational compassionate and understanding. And I just want to say thank you for being on my show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Hope I always enjoy our little um, opportunities to chat. So thank you so much for having me back. So this episode, we did Dare to Date one, Part 1. And we did where, just to let my listeners know, where I went on 10 first dates only. Carol was a patient of mine and she would sit and listen to my dates and we would go one, two, and we would number things. Each person that I went out, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about people and others. So I wanted to share this journey together with her, go through we were going to do six through 10. Now we went through one through five in the original. And she had some great words of wisdom, lots of knowledge from her experience and lots of giggles that we shared in the chair. Yes, we did. So she helps and restores and revitalizes marriages. And she does so many she wears multiple hats. And I didn't know at the time what she actually did when she sat in my chair. We got along really well because she would listen to me as I'm sitting there distracting her from cleaning her teeth and gums. And it worked out really well. Then she shared some advice. It was it was awesome. And one of the things that I could appreciate before I get started with my my six through 10 with her was that we both shared the love of reading. And Brene Brown was one of the inspirational people that she had me read books. We like to, I like to read books and to gain knowledge and all that. And so there was a lot of knowledge and I learned a lot just from reading and some of her recommendations as well. So, yeah, you remember that? I do. So the question is, how many of those did you actually get through that I recommended? I actually, I read all of them. You said, you always told me, you said, give yourself some grace because I was always very hard. I've come a long way. I was very hard on myself and I recognize that vulnerability and courage. And that's why I'm sharing things the way I am now is to create that bond and know that myself that I'm I'm doing my passion just like you do your passion. So it was really interesting. Yes. Okay. Well, good. Then I'm glad because I was thinking, gosh, did we cover the date about the guy in the books? Not yet. going to be on one of the numbers in this one. So yes, you are correct. We have 
one of the numbers you had referred me to have given the book. And we'll get to that. After reading her books, I'm sure that you remember she has her three C's, which are the courage, compassion, and connection. And um, I would also agree with you and say that I've seen an abundance of growth, especially in those areas. And a lot of us struggle with the compassion part because we show compassion towards others, but we're not great at showing compassion towards ourselves. So bravo, you're doing wonderful with that. Thank you. One through five, I learned there was a lot of things that I learned through myself as far as some of the people that I was picking to go on dates was not necessarily all my things. It was issues with their thinking as well. And and like being the empathetic and compassionate person, I take on other people's sometimes things and try to better things and and it doesn't work because they're not ready to be vulnerable or have a relationship. And sometimes people put themselves out there, I believe, when they're not quite ready. And maybe I was doing it as an experiment, but a lot of people were thinking they were ready and maybe they weren't. I don't know. So number six, he was a successful man and he had a career that he loved. We didn't talk that much. He seemed really interesting. This was 4th of July. So he was my 4th of July date. And we had talked over the phone. And he says, what are you going to, you know, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm going to go watch fireworks. And I was honestly just going to go watch fireworks by myself, have a night on my own. So the first red flag was that he told me to go enjoy dinner by myself and that he would meet me up with fireworks later. So I ended up having a nice dinner by myself. So apparently he wasn't wanting to have dinner. So the therapist in me would say to you, and how did that make you feel? I was like, why wouldn't he want to have dinner with me? Is he cheap? He having dinner with somebody else and then he's coming to see me. Like you wonder. Yeah, absolutely. He shows up. We watch fireworks. He had a um, SUV and magically he just happened to have vodka and cranberry juice and a whole concoction of things in his cooler in the back of his vehicle. And we could sip on those. Then I found out after he's making his little mix and everything that his ex-wife was a hygienist and I never told him what I did. He went off on how he hated hygiene and that his ex-wife was in Mexico with her boyfriend and he just laid it all out on me and he's making these drinks and I didn't know what even to say So he hands me in like the red Solo cup, the drink. And of course, I dump it out. I don't know what's in the drink. And so I'm slowly dumping it out the side. And he would set his and look away. And I'd switch cups every once in a while. And so it looked like his was empty, you know, and mine was like, I'm sipping mine. But we watched fireworks and... That was pretty much it. It was not very memorable. Um, He kind of scared me a little bit because the things he was saying were just so really angry. 
So yes, so that would be tip number six. Um, pay attention to the content uh, or context of the conversation because yes, he definitely had some hostility. And then um, we aren't doing drinks unless we are at a place where someone is paid for a living like a bartender to actually make you drinks and bring them to your table because we don't know what could have been in that concoction at all in his handy dandy makeshift tailgate uh, <laughs> cooler system that he had set up there. And you never want to get drunk on your first date anyway. But I guess the good thing about that would be the liquid courage, because when people have liquid courage, you get to see a whole different side of them. Better to find that out now instead of going to dinner with him for couple months and then find out he hates hygienists. The fireworks were beautiful. I thought the fireworks were really nice, but there was no fireworks between the two of us. Yes. Well, you know what? I appreciate you looking at it through an optimistic lens. So after that, now I get to number seven. And number seven, he was lucky number seven. I was actually supposed to meet two guys on this day and had been talking to two different people online. And so I had a date planned with number seven. And then I also had that same day a dinner date. So I had a lunch date and I had a dinner date. Okay. I met number seven, but the weather wasn't that great. And we went to this really nice little place and had a great lunch. I met him. He was so charming. He had witty banner. He was not my typical type. Um, I actually thought he was too showy. Yeah, there was something about him, and it just seemed intriguing to me. He seemed like a good-hearted person. He had me realize, you know, thinking, well, maybe he's a good family man. He was a successful businessman. And we actually had lunch. It was like a three-hour lunch. What was showy? What was showy about him was he he talked a little bit about so much about his financials, where it was like, I own this company and I just do super well. You know, oh, you can get whatever you want because, you know, maybe I can afford it. Maybe I can't. You know, it was kind of like a that kind of thing. And so we ended it after, you know, three hours. And I thought, well, he's such a, he's a nice guy. And I, I do like the financial success part of it, you know, and he seemed like a family person. He got to me a little bit because, you know, he just was so interested. And they say like, when a guy is interested in you, then he keeps like messaging you and all that. And right after the date, you know, he we left and he was like, it was like, he just love bombed me. So I was actually tired. I didn't go on that dinner date. It started raining and I just went home. And it was good that I didn't go on the dinner date because the guy who I was supposed to go on the dinner date with was not a good person at all. He had messaged me all this horrible things about me standing him up because I said, maybe we could do another day. I was, you know, tired and, and he just was not very warm about it. And he was like, so you must have seen somebody else today. He got really like 
not so nice. So I had to block him. So I was glad I didn't go out with him, but I was happy that I went out with number seven. And like I said, I had a great time. And then I said, well, I'm only going on one date. And we talked some more for a couple of weeks. And then we went on another date. So I broke my rule. We ended up going on more dates. And I ended up dating him and had a great time with him for, you know, four or five months. And I think I had shared that patients were like, you're going to get married to him. He, um, he treated me so good. And it was the little things that he did were just so kind. It seemed like he was, he had talked about, you know, what we were going to do with the kids if, you know, we weren't introducing our kids or doing anything for a year and we were going to just take it slow. And he was building a future and we started talking future talk. And I think that kind of made me slow down a little bit and go, whoa, 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 we're, I'm not, I wasn't there yet. I just wanted to keep, wanted to just slow down a little bit. I think he was ready to marry. It just seems so quick. So what made you go back on your one date rule? I went back on the the one date rule because I felt like we had a connection. Felt like I could see his heart, that he was a good person. There was a lot of stress because he was selling his company. His daughter was getting married. His knee, he had knee surgery, you know, whatever, six months before, and his knee was starting to bother him. And it just seemed like so many excuses. And then I ended up after like four or five months, uh, one of my friends said, he, I think he's back online. Oh. And I'm like, I asked him. I didn't look or anything else. I said, are you back online? And he says, it's not me. It's my daughter. She must have put me back online. You know how things are. And I said, oh, and he goes, the membership doesn't go until it was like a certain, he gave me a date that the online membership ended up, you know, calling it quit. I guess that you do like a membership for six months or something like that. And sometimes I totally understand because it's hard to get off, but it doesn't show you active when you're on. It just has you on there. And then once you're done with your membership, you have so many things you have to do to get off of there. So I understood that. I thought, well, maybe he couldn't get off. Thing that you said you understood that. So um, you're dating him, but his daughter went in and activated his profile. So he hadn't conveyed to his daughter, hey, I've been seeing somebody consistently for the last four months. So I'm not wanting my profile to show as active. I'm not quite sure what that was about. So I just let it be, I guess. And then his daughter gets married. I had met them. I actually met his family. I met their older girl, you know, so I met a lot of his family. I met his sisters, both his sisters. I met a lot of people. And then he ended up finally, it was around the five month mark that it was Thanksgiving. And we had gone, we loved a lot of the same things, a lot of sporting events, we would go like watch shows. It was very entertaining to just be able to go and do 
he, you know, introduced me to a lot of people. We did some charity events and it was exciting. So I'm just curious when you reflect on that, you said with the other person you described for date six, there were red flags. Were there any red flags that you feel like you chose to ignore because you really started to like this guy? I did. The first red flag that my friends warned me about was around this time we had this conversation about cheating and I am not one when you're committed to somebody and we were committed to each other. We had talked about all that, that you communication was really important to me. I'm not one to do that. And he said that he wasn't either. And, but he said, if I ever did, that it would, you know, be a done deal. That was a deal breaker for him. In hindsight, I think it was because he, you know, being online and all that, he probably was the one who, I'll fast forward, was probably looking for somebody else and not cheating per se, but he was not actively wanting me. Because if he wanted me, right, he wouldn't have been. I'll, I'll kind of tell you a little bit about all that. Anyways, the one of the other flags was I went out with some of my girlfriends and I had this friend I hadn't seen in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And she was in this abusive relationship where it was so bad where she had to have someone help get her out of that situation. I was there as a friend to help and we went to dinner. So I had told him, me and a couple of friends were going to help her, and she was just, we needed to catch up. And he took that as, ended up spending an extra 30 minutes at dinner, and he was wanting to talk to me after dinner because we had discussed a time that I was going to go over to his house and we'd watch a movie, and I was 30 minutes past, and he didn't hear from me, so he was like, you must be cheating on me. Wow. Okay. So in all the time when you were getting to know him, did he tell you why his first marriage didn't work out? Was it because of cheating? His first marriage, they had some difficulties after two children. His third child had some issues. And after that, supposedly his wife at the time, they distanced themselves. She was having different issues and they actually split in separate bedrooms and they just grew apart because she had her own things to deal with. They, they had their three kids. The other, he had been married a couple of times after that he got married. But I believe that people, you know, they get older, maybe they get wiser and they learn from their mistakes is what I thought. But he had been married again. And this woman He didn't want to marry her, but he ended up, she got pregnant and he felt it was the right thing to do. And then supposedly she cheated on him. And then the third marriage was an alcoholic, he said, and she would abuse him supposedly and that it was very mentally challenging for him because she was abusive and an alcoholic. Okay. 
I was wondering that because with it being a 30 minute delay in terms of your communicating with him that he automatically went to, Oh, you're cheating. Cause typically that comes out of someone having had some type of experience with that, where a person they were involved with cheated on them and maybe they weren't doing their due diligence or they weren't as connected with the person. And so they missed it. So then the next relationship that they're in, they're like hyper sensitive to little things like that. Like, Oh, it's 30 minute lag time in between the communication and it can almost become a negative obsessive trait with people who've gone through the trauma of having someone cheating on them. Right. And then, so just to shorten everything up, it became where we would communicate. And then I found he was back online and I questioned him again about it. He says, no, that wasn't, I don't know where I, it should have ended. Right. I just, wanted to reiterate. And I said, no, you know, we, are we moving forward or not? And he was like, no, we're moving forward. I'm not online. So I believed him. Then it was a couple months later and we kind of were on and off. He pretty much just started withdrawing, not communicating at all. Then he became where Everything was my fault. Blame started. And I know I had shared things when we were in the, when I was in the chair. And this is when we had ended things. And I said again that he was online. And he said, Oh, it must be you. By the third time, I ended up putting myself online. Immediately, I get an email saying, you know, you're going to do this. He had sold his company. He had made his 50 million or whatever. And he was like, you're going to do this to a multimillionaire guy. Go find yourself another multimillionaire guy that he was just everything. And I was nothing is pretty much what he was saying. And he just blocked and deleted me without me even being able to talk to him. And he totally withdrew. Well, it sounds like there were some major communication issues there anyway, because when you were trying to go to him and have a conversation to figure out where the disconnect had happened to try to fix it, he continued to lie to you about what he was actually doing um, as, you know, strange as saying it was his daughter who was controlling his profile as a grown man. So you probably dodged a bullet there. And it sounds like there were probably some greater commitment issues there that you weren't aware of. And so it was very convenient for him to say, oh, it was you, not him. That's when you told me about the books and we were, you were like, this is so strange. You know, maybe he needs to read the, you know, some of the books. So I ended up going to his end and I thought maybe he just needs some time and the reason the books came about too is he had given me, he liked to read too. And there was several books when initially we were talking and starting to have a disconnect. He had given me all these relationship books to read that he had had prior. And I read all of them and I ended up giving them back to him. So you thought, well, this would be a great opportunity. Why don't you give him some of these books 
back, you can leave them on his door with a note and then maybe he'll read them and he'll understand a little bit better, maybe. And so I did that. You and for closure. Right, for closure and all that. And then you said, what happened to the books? And I said, oh, they ended up back at my house. <laughs> it was on my porch within like a short period of time with no note or anything. They just ended up back on my porch. And that was it. In other words, I am not interested in talking about this. Well, that goes along with where we are in society. It's uh, cancel culture. So he just decided I'm done with you and there's nothing you can do about it. Unfortunately, it sounds like there were some deeper rooted issues there with him in terms of being maybe commitment phobic, um, not being feeling like he could be honest and be vulnerable with you and say, hey, this is what's going on with me. Maybe he got scared because you guys were really getting close and you were meeting as family members. Who knows? Yeah, he, he reached out to me on email. He never would text me or anything else. It was very generic. And he kept in touch every couple months for just a bit, you know, but it wasn't anything big. And I ended up blocking and just deleting him because it's not worth if if it wasn't worth his time to be with me and to respect my boundaries, then I realize what good is it to keep him in the loop and talk back when apparently I meant nothing to him. Yay. So that was growth on your part. Very good. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he would email you, but not be willing to engage in actually having a conversation with you, that is a significant sign that you should pay attention to that this person is not really interested in trying to get to a resolve or really connecting with me. Um, because, you know, email communication, really, you can't pick up the phone and call and say, hey, I know that things got a little dicey there and we weren't communicating well, but I did want to at least talk with you to clear the air or so that we could have some closure. And who knows what could have come out of that, but he wasn't able to be vulnerable enough to do that with you. I figured there was no accountability. Like even if I had messed up so bad. And when I put myself online and, you know, he was blown away, there was no, there was never any accountability that maybe it was him. It was always me. Do you know if he's online again now? I have no idea, but I will eventually, it's funny you say that, eventually I am thinking about going back online. I haven't decided yet, but I might have some good stories. Yes. Okay. Well, your listeners will be excited about that. So if nothing else, it may be good for some new material. Where else can you meet people, especially with COVID and everything? It's just really hard. And so the online world now, you can do virtual dates if you have to. Yes, I saw that commercial on, um, I believe it was Match now, and they do this little cute commercial where it's like our first date and they're both in front of their computers. So I think you you lose some of the, the human warmth um, aspect of it, but why not? I guess you can literally screen them uh, to decide if 
I was going to say, maybe it's not like, you know, you're going to dinner or any coffee date, but you can have your own coffee and then decide if you want to go and have a dinner date after that. It would be more than one date. So I don't know if I'll ever do the one through 10 again. Maybe one through five. We'll see this year. We'll see. How long will it take you to get back out there and say, I'm going to go on another date after that? So it was hard, I will tell you, because mentally I couldn't figure out what happened. You know, like you said, closure wise, everything with number seven, but my patients kept pushing saying, you said you were going to do 10. You did. And so people would sit in my chair and say, what about eight, nine, and 10? You can't forget eight, nine, and 10. Exactly. So I did, when I had put myself back out there, I met number eight. He was a nice guy. He was stable. We met for lunch, another lunch date. I found even though he was just a nice person, our interests were so different, which is normally okay because people have different interests, but he was so far. There was no chemistry and he had like a hobby of storm chasing very sweet, but I'm just not into storms and all that. Yeah. It was nice. At least I got myself back out there and had number eight. So maybe that was a good thing is that eight was a good sort of non-starter, but starter. So you got yourself back out there, but it wasn't anything where you found yourself going, oh, I really like this guy again. So, so eight served its purpose. And then nine. Number nine, he was a big no. That's all I'm going to say about with his big no. His profile was probably from 20 years ago. He was a baseball player and he played with a professional team. And I love baseball. I did not look him up, which I should have. But the pictures that he used online were from probably 20 years ago when he had played baseball. He looked really good in his, you know, in his stuff. We ended up meeting at this bar, but it was, you know, where there was a pool table and things um, because I told him I, I like to have things to do, not just sit there on a first date. We talked about doing, you know, activities. I meet him in the bar that I walk in. I didn't even know they had bars like this anymore, but it was so smoky. And my hair, you know, it's just between everything. I don't do smoke. I am not a, I've never been a smoker. I grew up with smoking in my household. It's, it's gross to me. When I realized you know, he supposedly was healthy. He told me all these cool things. And I was like, wow, he seemed very interesting. So when I met him, I was facing looking at we were going to watch baseball stuff. There wasn't anything baseball on. It was football at the time. He comes up behind me and gives me a hug. And I look over and it was like my grandpa. So this older guy who didn't look like his picture was like, let's go have a beer and, and play pool. And I should have run, said, well, it is really smoky in here. And thankfully, I didn't eat any of the food because the place I heard got written up for health reasons. We played pool. 
I ended up just because number nine, I'm like, okay, I can do this. And he was seemed like a nice guy, just not his profile at all. And that's something that I'm sure you've learned now is very common. So if he says that he's six, four, that usually means that he's five, eight or five, nine. And if he says that he's athletic, that means that he puts on ankle weights when he sits at the table to eat dinner. So you got to watch out for those that when and say, hey, do you have any current pictures? Like, I don't know, something that might have in front of a landmark that ex- was just built or something. So I know that it's a current picture. Those are always difficult ones when people, but in his mind, maybe that's what he still thought that he look like attracted to him because of the fame part of it I was attracted just because baseball we had great baseball stories I would we just shared baseball and it was just a, a connection through baseball and when I knew he played I thought well that's really cool because my son plays baseball grandpa was able to share with you that's nice <laughs> So we we did play pool and then I excused myself to go to the restroom and I come back and he's smoking a cigarette. Oh no. Yeah. That was a no. I had to leave. <laughs> yeah. That would be definitely a no-go. Yeah. And I actually said, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh, I just I smoke." And I said, "You didn't have that on your profile either." What was his reaction to that? I only smoke when I drink. Mm, Okay. Next. Number 10. We had brunch on a patio and it was really nice. Talked a lot about different games like board games. And we kind of went in different directions because he only wanted like the happy hour specials. I had like a little mimosa for brunch And he ordered a couple of, you know, $2 drinks for himself. He wouldn't do anything more. So he seemed a little cheap to me. On top of that, his different direction was he had adult versions of like Monopoly that he, on a first date, he shared some of his fantasies. And so I called him the game player because It was not on the same level. I think he was more wanting a hookup and not a relationship. Yeah, that sounds like that. Um, Anytime that you're being trying to go from we just met to having that kind of intimacy, some women are, that's what they're looking for too. And so those end up being actually good matches. But in the general sense, I would say those are probably people that you want to avoid. They're clearly moving too quickly, too fast. And they are looking for something that you are definitely not and just saying, Hey, I'm trying to date, get to know people and not immediately say, Oh, I'm just gonna end up sleeping with you. Here's my one through 10 in this episode six through 10. I know you went along my journey with me and I will be continuing the journey somehow just to put myself back out there and maybe share some more stories and maybe I'll make a connection and that would be exciting too. I think everybody's rooting me on. I actually would like for you to do it again because I would like you to do a contrast between what it was like dating before COVID 
and dating sort of during COVID. And then you can do dating after COVID. So after we've moved past this, maybe in another year from now, how that's changed, if it if the climate does change, if people are still interested in a hookup with a mask or without a mask on, are you looking for someone to say, here, I have to show you my vaccination card when we get ready to meet in public? Or, you know, what does that look like? And what does that entail? I think that would be really cool. And I will definitely take on that journey. And I hope to have you back on my show and we can we can explore more. Yes, I would love to do that. I will keep you posted. I've had a lot of girlfriends who've had a lot of success and they have found their person. So I'm not discouraged. I'm excited. Hold, well, I do want to wrap this up and I want to thank you for being on my show once again and exploring all these wonderful things and being an inspiration to others. I know your practice is taking new clients. She, yes. So um, Authentic Balance Counseling, She's they're accepting new clients and I appreciate you being on my show. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, we are accepting new clients. I have four fantastic associates that work with me and are always willing to help with the myriad of issues day to day that our community is dealing with, um, especially so with COVID, with anxiety and the depression that comes from isolation. So I thank you for the opportunity to come on and laugh and share, not necessarily be clinical, but we do do that too. And um, please, please keep me updated on the journey. I'm very curious actually now to see how that will go for you, having had those first 10 dates and really being able to look for red flags better now and your continued growth and development um, as a dater. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip. If you liked what you heard, let us know and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.